Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Mira Nagarajan. And I'm Michelle Walensky. Welcome to this week's episode. Michelle, where have you been lately? This past weekend, I had a fall fun adventure and went to Eckert's with some friends. It's kind of a tradition that we've done for a few years. All full adults, no children, (laughs) just going to have some wholesome fall fun. That's right. And we went to, I always like to go to the Milstad location. Eckert's has like four locations now. So there's that the one in Belleville, which I feel like is the one people are maybe the most familiar with. That's the one that has, it has like that um, classic country restaurant. It's got like really solid fried chicken. And they also opened that new cider shed there last summer. That's where they make their ciders that they have on collaboration with Brick River Cider. And it's like a big music venue there now. But the Milstad one is more geared towards like farm activities. They have a bunch of animals you can pet. They have pig races. They have goats. They have llamas. That's a big selling point for me personally. So did you see any of the pig races? Unfortunately, missed the pig race this year, but I have seen it in previous years and they're so cute. They're this is all such tiny. a Missouri Midwestern activity. Isn't oh, it, it really is. And they have they have a man who um really gets in the spirit of things <laughs> and really hams it up hosting the shows. We did get to see him host the pumpkin cannon, which is thrilling. It's a gas powered cannon that they put pumpkins in and shoot them across a field. And for some reason it's it's really captivating. It sounds amazing. <laughs> it's really exciting. I really want, I can just picture it in my head. And I don't know what is that about a pumpkin just sailing through the air with no no end in sight. It just seems like the best time. <laughs> that noise. The noise is really gratifying. <laughs> that, like pop coming out of the cannon. <laughs> now you don't get to operate the cannon. No. I mean, I think as one of the shticks in the shows at the end, he like calls somebody up to do it. But um, I don't need to participate. On we don't that need level to be personally. We don't need to operate a cannon. But they also they have their um, picking is still in full swing right now. I think through the month of October for sure. I'm not sure when things wrap up in November, but for now they are doing apple picking and pumpkin picking. I think at all locations. But at the Millstead one, we went and did both. We had Fujis and Evercrisps as our apples. Evercrisps. Yeah, I know how beautiful does that sound. Is They're it great. like? Is it like a Honeycrisp? It is. It was really similar to Honeycrisp. Mm-hmm. They, we're honestly pretty similar to Fuji's. They're both like really kind of firm flesh, like crispy, kind of a, a yellowy uh, red skinned apple. Perfect. Beautiful. So I do, usually I go earlier in the year and I'm stuck with like Granny Smith's and I'm not as much of a baker. I like the sweet eating apples. So like with that Grant's farm where you can feed the goats, can you feed any of the baby cows or the baby goats or anything? You can. Yeah. Pay to buy like little carrots to feed the baby cows. I saw the cutest, fluffiest baby cow so i just couldn't get over like why does he look like that i don't his know his eyes are so big and cute he had this like silky wavy black and white yeah, fur yeah it's beautiful it's like a glamorous my cow oh, it's great i know they're so cute they have sheep so did you get to try any of the cider when you were there yeah so the cider shed lo- uh large location is in belleville but thankfully in the millstad location they do have a big concession stand that serves cider now so they had two on tap that i tried their classic apple and then i got the blackberry apple all of the fruit that they use to make the cider with is grown on Eckert's property and they process the 
um, the fruit themselves. They have like four different ciders, I believe now, a strawberry apple, a peach apple, but that blackberry is my favorite and they're all really good because they're very dry. They're not super sweet. Um, yeah, it was great. I love cider. I know. It was really good. It was it's perfect. season. Perfect cup to carry around. They also have hot cider on site and a few other like local beers. And you can walk around. We were able to like take our drinks apple picking with us. It was great. This is so charming. I know. And they have a new, I don't know how recent it is. This is the first time I'm seeing it on my most recent visit. But they're also doing a situation now where you can rent a little bonfire site there around the grounds and it's like hay bale seats in a circle it can seat up to 25 people so you could really have a huge group and you book it online and they they save it for you for four hours so you get it from 6 p.m to their closing at 10 p.m on fridays and saturdays they light the fire for you you could bring your own food or you could buy on site you can't bring your own alcohol or anything but you could buy it on site too it's like the cutest fall hangout i didn't even know it was a thing now we know now we know Next year, I'll be there. That is super fun. I have not been to Eckerd's this season, but you've given me one million reasons to go. Mm-hmm. And you also went down to Little Lager. Tell us a little bit about the first look that you worked on. Yeah, this week, our editor Ian Shaw and I went there to check out Little Lager. It is opening next week on Halloween, I think, is its opening day. Um, it's at 5848 Hampton in Princeton Heights, like more South City. Manny Negrin is the owner. He's a bartender who's been at Modern Brewery, well spent. He was a general manager at Craft Beer Cellar. So he's kind of a local beer veteran and a lager enthusiast. He wanted to open a little bar that was inspired by like German and Czech uh, beer bars that feel almost like a little more like a cafe than a bar. Yeah, like a proper hangout. Yeah, it's a really small, cozy space. But um, Ian and I had joked with him about that, that we weren't sure like how little Little Lager was really going to be. We were kind of expecting like a super tiny bar with like four seats or something. Yeah. But the bar's actually, it feels kind of roomy. It sits uh, like 14 people, I think. And then it has three wall-mounted two tops. Yeah. So it seats 20, but there's more kind of standing room too. Their draft list is going to open a little on the smaller side. They'll eventually expand, but they're opening with five drafts. Again, all lager style beers, pilsners, some local things for sure. But he also wants to pull from places around the country and also around the world. I think he is pulling some European lagers that maybe we don't see a lot here, especially in St. Louis. We have such a, a robust local craft community that I feel like we love to brag when all we have are St. Louis beers on tap. Yeah. So it's cool to be able to go somewhere and get something different. They'll also, they have a small bar too, mostly aperitifs and digestives, cans, bottles, a little bit of wine, but it is mostly kind of focused on the beer. Because of that big Czech and German influence, he's doing something around town that I don't think anyone else is doing. Uh, Sheridan Maplewood has the slow pour taps. And he, all of his taps at Little Lager can do that slow pour method that makes this super big, fluffy, foamy head on top of your beer. But he's doing something called milk shots, which I was so excited to hear about. This sounds like more up my alley in the beer drinking space. Yeah. So it's like a milko pour, which is a Czech thing. You get your tall glass of beer. It almost looks like a glass of milk because there's so much thick, creamy foam. And you're supposed to shoot it fast like a shot just to really get all that cream like in one shot. And it's it's tastes sweeter and it you get to taste other notes in the beer that you might not taste just sipping it normally. Like one of them we tried, you really tasted like the kind of tropical hoppy notes in it. That's so fun. And one of the dunkles we had, it almost you could 
taste the chocolatiness of the beer that I might not have picked up on just tasting on my own. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. He's got fun little novelty things there. He's always going to have a soaked gummy bear shot, too. That's so fun. The first one is gummy bears soaked in Malort, which is a controversial (laughs) Chicago super, super bitter liqueur. I love it. And the shot is like the soaked gummy bears with some grapefruit soda. So fun. So fun and so creative. And I love that he's doing some interesting things like the slow pour that you talked about that was at Shared. That really is a slow pour. I mean, it takes seven minutes or something like that for them to pour that. So like doing things like that where you if you're like a, a beer drinker and you go out and have a beer a lot like Things like that where you're experiencing something new is always thrilling. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, with his experience at Craft Beer Cellar, it's possible that like, you know, the sourcing and the buying and like all the things that he was maybe like learning about different brands when he was there is probably influencing how open-minded he is to bringing other brands to Little Lager, which is very fun. Yeah, totally. He can use his expertise. And I know he was talking about being really excited to be able to be that number one guy making those decisions and picking out what he really wants to see. So. Yeah, total control. I mean, it is little. It, I think I read it was 500 square feet. Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah. It's cozy, but it's really kind of glowy and warm. The bar is made out of um, repurposed basketball floor. Oh. And it has like twinkle lights overhead. It's a great little hangout. We were talking about how great that is for the neighborhood yes. too. That I feel like that part of the city is really thriving and lively with so many like young families living there. But there's not a whole lot of um, independent restaurant growth in that area, really. Uh, we have a few things opening around, but especially for bars, he noted that he's kind of shocked he's, I think, the latest open business on that street now. They're going to be open until 11 p.m. daily. Well, can't wait for them to open on Halloween. Yeah, Very little exciting. lager. Moving on, we recently had a beautiful staff lunch at Black Salt in Chesterfield, which is a new Indian restaurant that opened up a few months ago. And we literally had the best time. The I best feel time. like the food there was so good and we ate so much of it. I just felt like I was full for the following 12 hours. Yeah, that was a that was a day ending lunch. They had to double check with us because we ordered both the bread basket and then a separate order of naan. Yes. <laughs> they had to double check a few times. I mean, they're not used to power moves it. like this, but we're showing the people what the people need, which is more bread. Yeah. But I just want to go over a couple of things that we had that I thought were so good. Number one is the South Indian filter coffee. What did you think? I think it was your first South Indian filter coffee. Yes, I'd never had it before. It was great. It was beautiful. It's really milky and not super sweet, but um, I am kind of a, I'm a bad coffee drinker. I'm not a coffee snob. I do put, you know, cream and sugar when I drink coffee, but I didn't want anything extra sweet. It had a beautiful flavor on its own. The coffee that they use um, has a blend of chicory and coffee so it's got like a little nuttiness to it it's not as like it's not bitter it's not as coffee flavored but it's a little bit muted and then with the milk yeah it really just makes it an easy drinking kind of experience and we also tried the black salt like their signature cocktail which you have your choice of tequila or vodka but I think the default is tequila and it had lime juice simple syrup I think some like really finely cut up mint, a little bit of dried red chili, and 
It was so fresh. Yes, it was so fresh. We joked it felt like a green juice cocktail in the best way. That's exactly what it was. It was like a green juice. It had a little bit of like spice here and there. And it was like minty, so an herbal. So if you like that, it was definitely a surprise. I don't usually get cocktails at Indian restaurants. I just never do. I don't know why, but... This one, because it was their signature drink, I was like, we have to try this. And it was totally worth it. I think if you go, you should definitely give that a try. We got the vegetarian thali platter, which is gigantic. It's meant for one, but it's like it's you get this mound of rice. You get an uplum, which is like a crispy, crunchy, big chip, basically. Um, You get a couple of pieces of buttered naan, and then you have this like rainbow-shaped platter of dips, which it has all the dips. I'll just read some of the dips that I think were on there. There was raita, which is like a spiced cucumber yogurt sauce. There was palak paneer, which is spinach-based sauce with paneer. There was alu gobi, which is a vegetable side dish popular, you know, with potato and cauliflower. There was yellow dal with tomato and different spices, mini samosas. There was this sweet, it was, I don't remember what state that it comes from, but it's basically like Indian bread pudding. Mm. It was like sticky and flavored with saffron and there were some cashews, I think, in it. So like with all these things, I felt like, how could one person eat all of this? And not to mention there was like, a little bit of green mango pickle that came on the side, which is like so fun. I feel like pickle, wurha, or whatever you call it, it's like a spicy, sour condiment that's like oil-based that adds acidity or heat to whatever you're eating. And I felt like everybody liked it. Yeah, I was I so excited. It. It's like the most Indian thing on that whole menu. Oh, it's very intense, but yeah, just like that little bit. Yeah. Great. Yeah, they had like a black miso chicken. They had like different things like that where that you could tell they were incorporating other ideas into the cuisine. But on the platter, they had that lamb kebab dish. They had tandoori shrimp, salmon, a tandoori salmon, I think mm-hmm. it was, and tandoori chicken. And then it came with like a tamarind sauce, uh, like a tamarind chutney, and then like a green, like minty cilantro spicy chutney that was so good and then we also oh i should have mentioned at the beginning but we got the pani puri yes the pani puri was so great it's such a fun appetizer it's like you have these little puris which are like crispy fried dough that are kind of hollow and so they punch a hole in the top and put like spicy potatoes in it and then it comes on a bed of crunchy like noodles and puffed rice, which you can add inside, which we didn't do. I was just snacking on it, but like you can add it inside the puri and then you add the pani, which is a spiced water. But it was like, what would you say was in it? Like mint, maybe cilantro? it's, It's very green, fresh. Yeah, fresh, a little bit sour, a little bit spicy. And you pour it into the puri and then you just take it like a little shooter. Mm hmm. And super satisfying crunch. Yeah. I love everything about that. I feel like it's just, it's interactive, it's shareable, it's a fun experience if you've never had it. So, Panipuri all the way. Yeah, it's a perfect start. Yeah. And then the bread basket that we got, ugh. I think the star. their bread, I think, is like maybe my favorite naan. I mean, it's just, I like really soft bread. You know, I don't need it to be too crunchy, crispy, or whatever. But they had like their assorted bread basket. I think it had uh, garlic naan, butter naan, and then like 
a roti or like a wheat-based flour naan or bread. And then we also got their garlic truffle naan. Right, because how could we resist? We couldn't resist. It was a necessary order. To me, I felt like the truffle was like, if I'm just eating garlic truffle naan as an appetizer only, love it. But if I'm using all the dips, I want the plain or the garlic. Mm -hmm. What was your thought? I I think I liked the truffle better than some others at the table, but garlic is always where my heart lies. That's right. I just want everything to be a little garlicky, more garlicky. So I'm happy to have it on my bread too. A hundred percent. And then truly the surprise for me was the gulab jamun dessert. Oh my God. It was so good. They have gulab jamun, which are little donuts that you fry and then you soak it in like a cardamom saffron syrup. And then they kind of swell up into these like very soft, warm donuts. Well, they normally are just served in a little bit of syrup, but at black salt, they split them in half and then they plate it on this bed of like maybe a mildly citrusy whipped mascarpone cheese. Yeah. And it was just like a Western kind of presentation of a very traditional Indian dessert. And it's just exciting and fun. And it was so, so good. Yeah. It's so great when like a fusiony kind of place does that like updates a, a classic dish in a way that actually brings something good flavor-wise to it. It wasn't just presentation. It was so great. Yeah. Loved black salt. Can't wait to go back. And definitely we'll be getting that gulab jamun next time, for sure. Absolutely, Uh, Michelle, where are you going next? Next, I'm excited to finally try uh, Fleur STL, which is the cute little diner that's in the old Eat Right downtown. It's super tiny, classic, kind of iconic St. Louis restaurant space, and I still haven't been there to check it out. They do um, still burgers, but it's more kind of brunchy and elevated. They have cocktails and stuff now, and we drive by it a lot, and it's so cute. I can't wait to get in. That sounds great. I am going to go to Videra, which is a new wine bar that opened up off of Locust. It's part of the JC Midtown development where there are a number of restaurants going in like Anita's Cafe and Cane Tayo. But uh, Videra is super cute. Their interior is like there's a lot of black and gold happening, which is like my color scheme for like just my life generally. And I love that they have a really great happy hour value deal. Like I saw that they have $6 on all wines by the glass. So I definitely am looking forward to checking out their social hour, their happy hour very soon. We love. We're seeing a comeback finally kind of in a post-2020 world. Uh, Happy hours have been slowly creeping back. Yeah. Now's the time. And lots of bars. I mean, we ran a feature on Best New Bars this year, and now your experience at Little Lager and Videra just opening. I mean, yeah, the bar wave is really coming through. Yeah. Yeah, we're loving it. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. See you next time. Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Volansky, and Lauren Healy. Episodes of The Sauce are recorded at the St. Louis Public Library's Creative Experience Studio. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday and listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.